0: transition there uh, you may be seated I want to just uh, make mention of the fact that I, I really am thankful that I have the opportunity to be in the house of God tonight uh, genuine uh, good feeling to be able to come into the presence of God and to be able to worship him so many people will go uh, home tonight and uh, finish their day off weary but to be able to come in and be uh, refreshed in his presence is an awesome thing and then to know what's going on in this church and to see it and be from the East Coast and to know what's going on over here on the West Coast, what a what a tremendous blessing just to hear those testimonies. If you have your Bibles and will turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to be using a few verses of scripture in Philippians chapter 2 and then uh, um, a few other verses, but, but we'll start there. Before we do, uh, I want us to just go to the Lord in prayer and you don't have to stand back up, but... If you would, uh, join with me in prayer right now, asking God to minister to us. In the name of Jesus, Father, thank you for the opportunity to come into this sanctuary tonight to worship you, to draw near to you, Lord. We are blessed people. We are blessed people. And I ask that you would help us, Lord Jesus, to see that, to recognize that, Lord, to understand it, and to receive from you tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. the word down in our world's vocabulary is reserved for losers it's not a word that that we like and if a person suffers a misfortune it's the word that we use we say that they're down on their luck and we we try to ignore the idea of being down. Nobody wants to think of the stock market being down. It's a word that colors whatever it touches, whether it's the, the down and out, the downhearted, the downscale, the downhill, the down and under. It's a word that is only on the lips of the unfortunate, the poor, those who are not doing well, the dead. And if all that were not enough, the, the opposite of the word down, of course, is the word up. And we all... Like the word up. Up is a word that we cherish. And in our high-voltage society, it is almost worship, the word up. Up is reserved where down is reserved for the the losers. Up is reserved for the winners. It's a word to be admired, pursued. Up is the talk of the party. And so being up is a way to influence people. Being up is a way to help people. We love uh, the upscale. We admire the up-and-coming, the upwardly mobile, the upper class. Up is a word of the chosen few and the strong. And for all of us, the idea of being up carries a strong appeal. We all want to be up. It exudes a sense of virility, of health, of well-being. We rise against gravity. We rise against the odds. We rise against the crowd. We pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We ascend to fame. We ascend to money. We ascend to power. Going up is what everybody wants to do. Up is clearly the direction of greatness. And from the world's perspective, up is the only direction to go. Our human hearts point for us to go up. And in each of us is built this this mechanism of self-promotion that we want to advance. The climb of our ego and our role models, our heroes, they will reinforce this theme that we should move up. They'll admonish us, whether blatantly or overtly, they will admonish us to move up, do whatever you can to get ahead because up is the direction of greatness going up is the direction of greatness according to the world but Paul in his letter to the church in Philippi wrote and if you'll look there in Philippians 2 verse 5 let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus Paul said, my attitude your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus verse 6 who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. Verse 7, but made of himself no reputation, no reputation, took upon the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. It is important that we understand that Jesus influenced everything about world culture, not just anybody steps into time and splits it in two, and yet he did not care what anybody thought. He was not concerned about the Pharisees or the Sadducees, the Essenes, the the priests, the religious rulers. None of them mattered in in his thinking. He could have come as a king, but he came as a peasant. He could have come in military might, but he came as a lowly servant. Verse 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We must remember that Paul started this, this whole dialogue that, that, my, that our attitude should be that of, of Christ's attitude, and so here you have Paul telling us that, that Jesus was an humble servant, and so Philippians chapter two may be the most countercultural chapter in the entire in, in, in the entire Bible. It certainly goes against the young and the restless. Paul's message is, and we don't we don't like this, but Paul's message is: if you want to be great, that is great in the eyes of God the direction you must go is down. Paul is not telling us to go up to be great, but he's saying descend into greatness. And at the heart of this paradox is still another paradox, and that is that spiritual greatness is not the measure of your self-will. You ask Uh, great successful people you know what did you do and they all have their secret and and they tell you what what they did and this is what you've got to do to make it happen but spirit and that that's worldly greatness but spiritual greatness is the measure of your self-abandonment how much of yourself you say "I, i i will lay this aside and i will take on the cross of jesus because the more you lose of this world the more you gain in jesus christ Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, Jesus said, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake will find it. On the surface, I can understand why all of us would have reservation to this teaching, because descending into greatness seems absurd. It is a classical oxymoron. And in fact, Philippians makes it clear that everything that descending is what is cracked up to be, because descending is demotion, and nobody likes demotion. Descending is anonymity. And we don't like that. Descending is servanthood. And I don't like the idea of being somebody else's servant. Descending is downscaling. And in our world where we all want bigger and better, descending is decreasing. Descending is losing. Descending is dying. But, but hear me when I, when I tell you that the world is not alone. The world is not alone in its unwillingness to buy into the idea of descending. Throughout history, very few Christians have really come with the grips of downward mobility. Very few. Now, think about it in your own light. Now, obviously, we're not going to point fingers here at the church tonight. But, but very few of us, myself included, have been willing to sacrifice the way it's necessary. And I'm not talking about the sacrifice of, of money. I'm talking about a lifestyle of sacrifice in the way, in way it's necessary for us to impact the world. Because a lot of Christians today will confuse their, their faith with a wish list for self-indulgence instead of their faith being a, uh, an abandonment of their self-will. In fact, uh, many Christians today uh, hear the message of name it and claim it or blab it and grab it more than they hear the message of take up your cross and follow me. And that's a problem with with, with, the whole, with Christianity as a whole. I wonder what would happen if the, if the Christian community as a whole would come together and say, we are going to quit pleasing ourselves and we're going to do whatever is necessary to please Jesus Christ. The impact that the world would have, that the church would have on the world would be amazing. It would be astounding. The Christian church, and it's documented, it's very well documented, that the Christian church has a greater uh, universal impact than any other religion has. We have a greater universal impact from a medical standpoint. We have taken medicine to more communities than any other religion. Uh, The Christian community has had a greater impact in so many areas than any other religion. This is documented. I'm not just throwing that out there. Uh, You can read various books that will show you documentation on that. And, And that's what has happened with very few Christians being willing to take up the cross. So what would happen if, if all of us came to the idea that we could live a cross-bearing life? And so how many Christians do you know that have decreased so that the cause of Christ could be increased? John the Baptist proclaimed in John 3.30. it's what John the Baptist preached. He must increase, but I must decrease. Jesus must be advanced, but I must ascend. How many Christians have lived what John the Baptist preached? And then for that matter, do I really believe that losing my life is a way to gain my life? And as difficult as that concept is to act on, Philippians makes it clear that moving down is the only way to become great in the eyes of God. And I'll just tell you tonight, God is really the only person that we should have ambition of being great in the eyes of. Nobody else should matter. We should want to please God. Jesus said, Matthew 10, 38, he that taketh not his cross, he that taketh not his cross. He's not talking about the cross of Calvary. He's talking about your personal cross. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. This this, this predates the cross of Calvary. We always read that and we think, oh, the cross of Calvary. He's talking about your personal cross. I don't even know what your personal cross is. Some Some of you don't know what your personal cross is. And that's something you need to find. That's something that, that comes to you through prayer and through fasting, through study of the Word. Your cross, the second time in Matthew 16 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples If any man will come after me, let, let that man deny himself, take up his personal cross, and follow me. Downward mobility is the only path to God. And Jesus left this example in the passage of Scripture that I read to you in the opening Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7. It said that Jesus made no reputation. Reputation wasn't important. He took on the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of man. Verse 8, found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the the death of the cross. Now that seems like in a logical way. There is not one person would say you can impact anything through descending. It seems like a logical way to impact the world. But even an atheist would have a difficult time saying that Jesus Christ did not impact our society. He came down from heaven, the very top. He came down to earth as God and Creator. He was the ultimate object of praise in the universe. And if you think about it, the depths of his descent are, we cannot even comprehend, begin to comprehend just exactly how far down God actually came. And he voluntarily sacrificed all of his divine prerogatives, he was the only one worthy of all worship. Yet he was born a helpless baby in a dirty animal stable. And once his life began on earth, Jesus never quit going down. He always descended. He was omniscient. Yet he babbled as a baby. He was the owner of all, but he had no home. He was the source of all truth. Yet he was found guilty of blasphemy. He was the creator, but his creatures spit on him. He was the giver of life, and yet he died on the cross. He never quit going down. He went from the pinnacle of praise to the ultimate debasement and torture of death on the cross. There was nothing more humiliating in the Roman culture than death on the cross. He violated, Jesus Christ violated every tenet of our world system. Because we all want to go from the lowest to the highest. And we all want to tell everybody else how we pulled ourselves up and we are self-made. And Jesus was going the opposite direction. Self-unmade. Because the highest came to serve you and me, the lowest. He became nothing. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He despised the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The shame of the cross to redeem all mankind, to save your soul and mine. Jesus chose to endure the pain and the humiliation of the cross of Calvary. Our our, our text started with the words, let this mind be in you. To have have a lifestyle, a cross-bearing lifestyle, is what Paul was asking the church in Philippi. And still applies to us today. If we're going to be world changers, if we're going to change this community... Pasadena or Orange County or Los Angeles or San Bernardino, wherever it is. I don't, I don't know all the communities around here. But if we're going to change these communities, we've got to be a cross-bearing culture in the midst of a self-indulgent culture. We've got to despise the shame. And that that, 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 that that goes against us. But if we're going to be world changers, we've got to be cross-bearers. And we don't like this philosophy. We, we don't like it at all because in our world's economy, Servants are not saviors. But James 4.10 says, and this was an awesome verse, he says, If you will humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, the Lord will lift you up. The Lord will exalt you. It is a battle between your flesh that wants everything and the spirit that says, give it all up. It's not about being financially poor. God doesn't want you to be poor. That's a misnomer. God does not want you to be poor because every poor person mentioned in Scripture, there's a lot more that are wealthy and wise. But if I really want to win in life, I must be willing to lose myself, to lose everything for the sake of carrying the cross. If any great movement happens in this world, it will be because somebody carried a cross for that movement. Somebody carried a cross For that movement, if it's going to happen, whether it's a political movement or a humanitarian effort, somebody must be willing to give their life for that movement. The reason that both the Marxists and the Nazis were able to inspire so many people is because they asked so much of their following. They asked an awful lot of their following. The, The only reason that the American Revolution succeeded is because our founding fathers were willing to lose everything. I read a biography of Thomas Jefferson last year was startled to find out that Thomas Jefferson was not one of the original delegates to the, uh, to the convention where they decided to sign the Declaration of Independence. He was a replacement for a delegate that said he had too much at home that needed to be taken care of. Now, ironically, nobody knows who that guy was because he wasn't a world changer. But Thomas Jefferson and John Adams and George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, those guys were all willing to walk away. They were wealthy men. They were powerful men. But they were willing to walk away from everything because they believed in a cause. And it comes the same way with with the church unless we are willing to say, you know what, I do need to live a cross-bearing life for the simple reason that I can impact my community. No movement, no idea will impact this world unless... Somebody is willing to sacrifice for its advancement. The basic principle of self-giving is in the cross of Jesus Christ. There are no overnight successes. There are no overnight successes. We may hear about them overnight, but they were 20 years in the making. Somebody was paying a price somewhere. And that's the way it is with the church. And the cross stands for self-sacrifice because cross-bearing is a principle that burns true Christian character. And only a cross-bearing church. Only a cross-bearing church will fulfill its mission. And I'll go one step further. A church that refuses to carry the cross will be impotent. John said, or Jesus said in John 12:24. John 12:24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it does die, it will bring forth much fruit. The church is here because men and women, this church and all churches are here because men and women were willing to carry the cross. The church is here because men and women are willing to pay a price. Unfortunately, with the passing of these people in the last uh, 50 and 75 years, and we begin to lose these great leaders who are willing to pay the price, unless there's another generation, my age and younger, that are willing to step up and say, I will pick up the cross and I will carry it on. if that does not happen, then the church begins to fade. There used to be a flaming zeal, but now that flaming zeal in many churches has become a smoldering nostalgia. There are huge churches in the northeastern part of the United States. If you travel throughout New York and Massachusetts, there are these monstrous churches that are beautiful, but they're empty every single week. And the reason they are is because no one's willing to carry the cross. And we all know the story of the rich young ruler in the Bible who came to Jesus and asked the question. He asked this question. He says, What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responded, You need to keep the commandments. Keep the law. And so the, and, and quite arrogantly, if I might add, the young man replied to Jesus. He said, I, I've kept all the law. And Jesus, and he and he turns to Jesus, I've kept the law. What do I lack? And Jesus responds to him, says that Jesus loved him and said unto him, You lack one thing. And the answer, Jesus says, you like one thing, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, you shall have treasure in heaven, and then come and take up your cross and follow me. And Jesus lists four things, but for Jesus, all of those things were wrapped up in one idea of self-abandonment. Because there's there's a whole lot of people who feel like if they just show up to church, they're doing their part. I haven't shot anybody this week. I haven't robbed any banks this week. Some people have stabbed people. But most of us have not. So I'm doing my part. And, and, and Jesus says, no, 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 you're missing it all. All of that is good. Jesus said, you've got to do all that. But there also has to be an idea that you're willing to walk away from everything for the cause of Jesus Christ And Jesus called that one thing. And to this, the Bible says that the rich young ruler went away sad. He went away grieved. Went away sorrowful. Because the rich young ruler wanted the crown. But not the cross that comes before it. He didn't want the pain. He didn't want the humiliation that comes with enduring the cross. But Jesus was not interested in the rich young ruler's wealth. He wanted to know where his heart was. And what this world really needs are some cross-carrying Christians. The only people, the only people that this world will, that will be affected by will be those who despise the shame and carry the cross. John the Baptist preached six months. That was it. Got his head cut off. But he was a world changer. When my father uh, was a young man, he, he wanted to do something for God. And it's, it's kind of a, an interesting story. Uh, that he goes to his pastor and he tells his pastor, I-, I want to be involved in ministry. I want to do something for God. Give me some direction. And that's a novel idea, going to your pastor and asking for advice and direction for your life. And uh, the, the pastor said, oh, we, need a, we need a Sunday school bus ministry. We need someone to go out and pick up kids and bring them to church. And my father said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do that. Where's, where's the church bus? Where's the church van? Pastor said, We don't have one. Go get one. And we don't have any money. And the pastor said, We need one. We need money. Go get. Find a bus, find a van, figure out a way to pay for it, and start a bus ministry. And so my dad, being a young man, zealous, not really sure what to do, found out that there was a man in their church who had a had some livestock and had an old VW. Van that he was using to to store hay in. And the guy told him, he said, if you'll go get it and clean it out, you can have it. And so my dad did. He went and got this old VW van. I don't know how he got it running. I'm sure the tires are rotten. I can't imagine what the seats look like. But he went and got this van and started a children's ministry uh, going and picking up. My dad couldn't teach Sunday school if he wanted to, but. but, he was able to build this Sunday school ministry, and before uh, he turned that over to somebody else, that church had over 20 buses that they were running and picking up children from all the neighborhood around. And it started with a, with a young guy going into his pastor's office and saying, I just want to do something for the kingdom of God. And I can tell you my own attitude would have been to say, Well, when you figure out a way to get a nice bus, then I'll come back and help you build your bus ministry. Because that's what my generation thinks like. But the reality is uh, he was willing to do something and God gave him favor and blessed him when, when, when nobody else wanted to do that. Now here's the problem with that. I've got to get my own story. I've got to have something. I've got Reeve, Haley, and Elan. And I need to be able to look at them and say, when I was a young man, I wanted to be involved in ministry. And this is what happened for me. I don't need to tell them my dad's story. They need to hear my story. And that's what needs to happen with each of us. With all my heart. But this world, I believe what this world needs is people that are willing to say, it doesn't matter what it takes, I will do something for the kingdom of God. I will get my own story. I will figure out a way to find a, a VW van and clean the hay out of it and build a bus ministry, whatever it is. I don't know if it's music ministry. It could be children's ministry, I, prayer ministry. I don't know what your your cross is but you need to find out what your cross is. Right. Discover what your cross is as an individual. And seek the the godly counsel and wisdom from your pastor on how to pursue that and become a cross-bearing individual. I'll give you one more example. A friend of ours and friend dear friend of mine and Lenita's lives down in Florida. Extremely wealthy individual. He makes I don't know, I know he makes well over a million dollars a year. He owns several companies. Just an extremely wealthy individual. His cross is that he goes to countries like Guatemala and uh, Haiti, um, Nepal, uh, Malaysia. These countries. And he has started his own 501c3. And he goes in and he builds orphanages. And then he connects those orphanages with agencies in the United States. And helps those children find uh, good Christian, godly homes in the United States. And he pays for this. And that's the cross that he carries. I've been to some of the places that, that he goes to on a regular basis. And to even be able to spend one night there is difficult for me because I grew up in the American dream. And with the way they live and what they have to deal with is brutal. But that's his cross. And you won't meet a happier man than that individual because he loves what he's doing. He knows he's changing his world. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a cross? Are you carrying a cross? Do you want to carry a cross? Do you know what your cross is? You want to discover what your cross is. If you want to be a cross-bearing member of this church, I just want you to stand to your feet. There's not enough room for us all to join up here in this altar. What we need to do is figure out a way to join together in prayer because I believe I believe that there's some people in here that truly want to figure out a way to turn their back on elevating their own lives and figure out a way to elevate the work of Jesus Christ. The world's not going to understand that. But you'll know I'm carrying my cross. And while carrying a cross sounds like something that's painful and sorrowful, shameful. The Bible says that Jesus despised all of that because he knew there was joy in carrying the cross. And his joy was knowing that we would be here tonight. Our joy will be in knowing that other people's lives are changed. They may never know what your cross is or that you walked away from something to carry that cross. But you'll know. And you'll receive joy from that. Would you join with the person standing next to you and ask God to minister to you right now in the name of Jesus. If you don't know what your cross is, begin to pray and ask God that He would lead you and directing you into discovering what you need to do because ministry is all of us. There's not one single man, not one single woman in this church tonight that should not be involved in ministry. We are all called to be a part of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus Christ, I want to be a cross-carrying member of this church. I want to know what I'm supposed to do. I want to be willing to sacrifice everything for a cause that I believe in. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, help us. Father, I ask you. I ask you in this sanctuary tonight to help us to see you face to face, Lord Jesus, to know what you're calling us to do. Oh, God, there are people you've been dealing with their hearts in this sanctuary, Lord, you've been dealing with them. This is not new to them, Lord. You have woken them up in the middle of the night. You have spoken to them in their prayer times, Lord Jesus. You have reached for them at various times. You have appealed to their heart, God, that they would be more involved in your kingdom, Lord, and they have resisted carrying your cross. They have resisted the pain and the suffering of carrying that cross. Lord, help us to see past that, to see the joy that we will receive from doing that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. He come out of our I pray that you would give them men and women of this church dreams Lord I pray that you would give them visions Lord Jesus that they could see what you're asking them to do Lord that they could go beyond their own ideas Lord Jesus oh God that there would be a willingness a self abandonment God draw us God to a place where we're willing to abandon ourselves Draw us to a place, oh God, where we are willing to abandon ourselves, oh God, that we're willing to walk away from everything and anything for your cause, Lord Jesus. Oh, that some of us somehow, some way, Lord Jesus, would realize that we have a ministry. That we have a ministry that we have not been pursuing, Lord Jesus. It may be a children's ministry. It may be a a Bible study ministry. It may be an intercessory prayer ministry. It may be a music ministry. There are ministries, there are multitudes of ministries that are not being done because people refuse to carry the cross. God, help us to become a cross-bearing, a cross-carrying church, Lord. Jesus in the name of Jesus he condolabahashanda in the name of Jesus he condolabahoshanda Father he landed Abahoshanda Maha I want to I want to do something for your kingdom Lord. I want to be involved in your kingdom Lord Jesus. I want to be willing to do anything Lord Jesus. I want to have a broken heart Lord Jesus. I want to be able I want to be willing to abandon myself Lord Jesus. Help me to please you and not my flesh Lord Jesus. Help me to please you Lord Jesus and not my flesh. In the, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 There's some people in this sanctuary praying some deep prayers. I wish we could all go just a little bit deeper in our prayer. That we could reach just a little bit further in our prayer. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, help us to hear your call. God, help us to hear your plea, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord, to sense your hand upon our lives, Lord. To hear the knocking at our hearts, Lord Jesus.
1: Hallelujah. I want you, if you feel prompted by the Holy Ghost, I want you to go lay hands on someone and I want you to speak a word of faith into their life that God's going to use them. I want you to speak a word of faith into their life that God's going to use them. I want you to release God's anointing, and God's gifting into their life. Hallelujah. Just put into practice the word right now. Hallelujah. Let faith unfold and flourish in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, lead and direct right now. In the name of Jesus. Let's administer to one another. Build one another's faith in this place right now. This is a deep move of the Spirit right now. Let God speak through you. Let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation in your life.
2: Hallelujah Jesus
1: Praise God. Amen. Put your hands together and thank God for His Word. Hallelujah. I want to remind you that uh, well, the church will be open uh, in the mornings from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Even beyond. There are some that stick around. There's some here before. I found out there's even people here at 3 o'clock in the morning praying. I didn't know that. And uh, so... Uh, God's doing great things in our midst And if you can't make it out to the church Or it's not feasible distance wise You can pray at your house You can get in your closet The Bible says you can And you can say well they must have had bigger closets back then They probably had smaller closets They only had like one robe You know two robes maybe They found a place to pray Find find some time to get alone with God Because remember what Brother Molander said Brother Molander said If you're not praying every day You're going to be sinning because that's your nature. The Bible says if you walk after the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Praise God. Amen, amen. You live above the fray and then let God use you powerfully. Amen. The last thing that, uh, and so we'll be meeting here tomorrow and Friday um, for for early morning prayer. And uh, then some meet even uh, later on Friday. But uh, what I want us to do before we leave is let's, let's stand to our feet and uh, we'll be dismissed here. Thank you.